Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Live from Estopan All End. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach. As usual, I'm here with Benton. Benton, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm really excited to be recording again so soon because it's a it's a special occasion. We have a pretty nice guest tonight. <laughs> we are joined by Louisville City head coach Danny Cruz. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. It's good to see you. Absolutely. You're enjoying the off season. I, I would ask if you're getting any rest in, but you've had a pretty busy off season so far. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I was uh you know, I spent a little bit of time with family over Christmas. We didn't travel really at all other than, um, you know, recruitment, player recruitment and scouting. But it's been uh, it's been as best as it can be. Let's put it that way. I feel like it's a it's a different kind of busy for you. You never really get too much of a, of a dead period. It just kind of shifts. <laughs> that's that's I mean, you, I couldn't have said it any better myself. It's, uh, you know, but honestly, anytime you you're able to do what we get to do, man, I'm 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 lucky to be able to do it. So, uh, it has been a busy off season for sure, as I'm sure you all have seen. Um, but we're we're certainly heading in the direction that we want to be. Yeah, we're we're really excited to um to to talk about everything with you. I mean, there's just so much going on, and uh, you know, it's really feeling like the, the season's like almost here. Um, and and, you know, because the roster seemingly kind of getting complete and whatnot. But uh, before we kind of dive into some of these future looks, I did want to take a little look back in the uh, in the rearview me on the 2023 season. So um, so after having some time to digest the previous season, kind of what are some of your just overarching thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I said this, um, you know, to my staff after, you know, it's um something for other people to be proud of as far as, you know, uh, us getting to a conference final again, but that's not my goal, you know, when the season starts. Right. So, um, you know, we certainly weren't happy with how the season ended uh, in no way, shape or form, to be honest. Uh, I thought we were extremely inconsistent. Um, You know, I don't ever make excuses. I felt that uh, someone would get on a good run and injury would hit us and that would make things a little bit difficult. Um, but that's my job, you know, and, and I can't sit there and preach to everybody what I honestly feel, which is uh, that, you know, every player in that locker room can start games if it's not how I actually feel. And the reality is, is that, um, you know, I felt really, really good about the roster. I felt really good about the depth, um, you know, and so there's no excuse for me that we we had a good enough team uh, to have a better season than we did. Um, but you, you take the lessons that came from it, the ups and the downs, you learn from it. You try to bring in pieces that you feel are going to give you a uh, better chance to obviously uh, lift the trophy at the end of the year. Um, you know, to get specific, I thought that, uh, and I know you guys heard it over and over again um, in some of the weekly press conferences, but I thought that our mentality at times during the season was nowhere near of the expectation uh, that we want. Um, you know, I felt there was uh, certainly from an attacking set piece standpoint, um, I thought we were on it again from a defensive set piece standpoint. Uh, I didn't feel we were anywhere near the level that we needed to be. We progressed, we got a little bit better, uh, after the middle of this, uh, I think it was the middle of the season. When you think about Birmingham, um, RGV, those stand out to me. Um, after that, we started to kind of change a little bit of what we were doing in, in training, and I thought that had a, a positive impact uh, on the group, um, you know, but I guess all in all, I would say it was a year that we we underachieved where we wanted to be um, from a regular season standpoint. 
I thought we grinded it out and and did a really good job in the in the first two games of the uh, of the playoffs. And then obviously in Charleston, you know, felt we when we concede as early as we do, um, that changes the game plan for sure. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I felt we we certainly didn't create enough uh, in that game. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a, you know, a lot of pieces that I've just given you there, but um, I would say certainly not where we wanted to be. Yeah. We, um, we got a, we asked people on Twitter for some questions before that we recorded. And we had, we had a listener question that I think kind of relates to what you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, can you mention what, what is something you learned about yourself as a coach last season? I mean, you mentioned it was a, it was an up and down season and it was a bit of a, a struggle. Is there anything you felt you learned personally as a coach going through that season last year? Oh man, that's a, it's a great question. Um, I think for your own internal, you know, when you're, when you're reflecting on yourself and, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is probably, Came out the gates hot at you, didn't we? No, it's it's a good question. <laughs> just, I, it's if you, you said the biggest thing, right? You said what yeah. is, or what was one thing? That I, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing. Just okay. something um, you learned about yourself as a coach. Yeah, I think uh, in reflection, making sure that I'm I'm going with my gut, what I what I believe to be right in that moment, and not second guessing myself, uh, whether it be in the lead up to the game or whether it be um, in the game. Um, to go with my gut because I'm thinking it for a reason with my experience and um, you know, the different things that we've, we've been through um, I would say going with my gut. Do you like to continually like kind of tinker with the, uh, the game plan even as uh, as time gets close to the match? No, I would say, I would say um, lineup decisions at times. Right. So, um, you know, I I have this conversation a lot uh, with my staff, um, not a lot, but, you know, at times you go to bed thinking about it, right? You don't sleep thinking about it. And then when you finally do, you wake up hoping that there's a little bit of clarity, you know? And, um, uh, and I think when I, when I say going with my gut, um, I'm obviously having a feeling at a certain time, um, and, and sticking with it. Now, kind of on the, uh, on the, the squad dynamics sort of thing, I'll just kind of, I think I kind of wrote it near here is another, um, Another fan question from Anthony Leanhart. He was asking about, um, I mean, you're not that far removed from playing days yourself, and we have some older guys on the roster. So age-wise, I mean, you're kind of you're kind of close to some of these guys. So what's the dynamic with with these, these squad members in which you're 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 pretty close um, age-wise too? And then also, I guess on the on the flip side, I mean, what's it like working with the younger ones? Is there kind of like a, a big difference there? Kind of, I guess, just beyond your stereotypical uh, generational stuff. No, I think. Um... You know, especially when so if you if you put that in two different buckets in the first bucket where you're talking about players that are similar um, in age, it ultimately comes down to respect right at the end of the day. Um, and I think a big thing, especially with players in that age group um, or say in my age group or a little bit older um, is relatability. Right. Like I've been through what they're going through. I understand the different feelings that they have in every moment, not being in the 18, not starting when you think you should start. Uh, you know, all those different things, um, not getting on when you think you should get on or you could impact the game. Um, and you can relate to that, especially when you're not far removed from from having been in it, you know, as a player. Um, so that's the first piece with, with the older guys. Um, and then with the younger guys, it's, again, trying to get them to understand that where are your goals? Where do you want to go? And this is the path that I believe will get you there. And if you follow that path, we've shown you that you can get there. Um, and again, it goes back to respect though, right? Ultimately it's about helping the player grow as a person, uh, and a player and with younger players, obviously, uh, you're able to mold a little bit more and you're able to, uh, obviously understand what they need in those moments. Again, having been through it, um, but every player is different, right? They're all people. And so 
There are some players that they need an arm around the shoulder, and there are some players that can handle uh, when you get into them a little bit because they're not meeting expectation, for example. Um, you know, and so uh, I have yet to feel once, even when I was when I took over, and I think I was thirty, what thirty one then at the time, um, age being any factor at all, because ultimately it comes down to to respect and respect as you hear from everybody is a, is a two way street. It's not just given cause I'm the manager, you know, you, yeah. you have to, you have to earn that. And it's, again, it goes both ways. Now in, in terms of some of these players kind of like looking to continue to develop their career, do you feel like it's been a real, like a much easier conversation or help by, by simply by the fact that you yourself was a former player and it kind of, I guess, gives you some, at least you know, instant credibility on that front. I, well, I, I would say I think that's that's helpful for sure. Um, you know, uh, players, young players that come in and tell me they want to Europe. OK, want to go to Europe. OK, uh, I've done that. I know those feelings there. I know what it's like to be away from family. I know what it's like to live in a country um, that uh, they speak English, obviously, in Norway, but it's not their first language. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a beautiful country. And in a, in a, but there's a lot of things that go into that, you know, uh, it, on the field is not English, right? It's a different language. And, um, you know, and uh, it's I, when when I've been through it, again, going back to relating to, to one another, um, it's, it's a lot easier to be able to explain to them, listen, I'm telling you, I've gone there and I've done that. And, uh, and this is what's going to get you there, you know? Um, and from the MLS standpoint, it's a lot easier because of how long I spent you know, in MLS and, um, you know, and again, it's, it's about helping them understand what it takes to get there. And then the expectation of, okay, we're aligned. This is what you want for your future. Um, and, and these are the things that we need to make sure that we're doing to help you get there. You, uh, you mentioned something really interesting there that I think a lot of people maybe don't think a lot about. I know I, <clears throat> it's not something I had ever really thought about before how how hard is it as as a player when you you move to another country english is not the first language on the field i mean soccer is a sport that requires a lot of communication on the field uh, and i think we see a lot of international transfers and expect players to just come in and and play how, how big of an adjustment is that to to learn a whole new basically a whole new language on the field <laughs> yeah Norway was a little bit different than say Portugal, you know, or Italy or right. If you look at Josh in, in Portugal, right. That's, that's a big difference. Cause in Norway, everybody does, they, they, they're taught English from such a young age, but for example, the manager at the time uh, who spoke English, but he's, he's Norwegian. Uh, and he had been in Norway for a long time, obviously. And that was his first language. And that's what he was most comfortable speaking right to the team. Um, and so you, you learn different things. So for example, a passing pattern comes and you're the, you're the fourth guy in line instead of the first guy in line. Cause you want to make sure you're able to analyze and see, okay, this is where they need us to be. Um, but it's also, it, it puts you outside the box or, or you're, you're, you're working outside the box and you're, and you're, you're having to adapt and you're out of your comfort zone. And, um, that ultimately it can make you better if you embrace it, you know, and I had a lot of ups and a lot of downs when I was there. Um, it can be lonely at times for sure. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't have changed that at all. Like if, when I reflected back after, I'm like, I'm so happy, you know, that I went through this. Yeah. Like I could a lot of, ask a lot of questions on this front, but <laughs> I would be respectful of your time and kind of keep it, uh, keep it focused. Um, I do have kind of one more question, I guess, kind of rear view mirish. Um, so kind of, I guess, heading into this off season, what were some of your, I guess, your your top priorities to help make um, this next campaign a successful one? And I'm thinking even kind of beyond, like, I guess, like positional signings, maybe, I guess, preparation, game planning, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, one, of, one of the big things that I've talked about in all the press releases, for the most part, is hunger. You know, I, I when before we sign a player, obviously, you go through such a thorough vetting process. Um you know, and when I met with all of them this off season, um, 
you know, my interviews went actually a lot different than they did in the last offseason. Because you talked about, you know, going back a, a little bit to one of your questions on something that I learned, um, you know, some of how do I how do I put it? I, I, I could have done a better job in some of the interviews going into 2023 um, to sniff out a few things. And I learned from that for sure. And so this offseason going into 2024, um, we changed our, uh, you know, our the questions that we were asking of the players that we were interviewing and we interviewed a ton, obviously. Um, and, you know, when we when we go back and look at what did we want for 2024, I started there. I want a group of men that are going to walk off that field every single time. And I know they have left everything on the field. And if we get that and we get the right pieces, we're going to put ourselves in a really, really good spot. And there were too many games last year. Uh, you know, when you think about the the hot game on turf in Birmingham, right? Like um, that's an excuse. Both teams have to do it. Right. Uh, and for me, I think that that became the priority in this offseason. And we feel and so we start there. Obviously, then you have to have quality. You have to have players that are uh, able to to fit the positional profile that we want in each spot. Um, and we feel we've we've gone out and done that um, for the most part in every spot that we that we went out to look for. So kind of follow up question on this is something kind of I was wondering. I mean, it wasn't till when you talk about like the excuses and whatnot. It wasn't something that you really were directly bringing up in your your in your press conferences until late in the season. Now, is this something that, I mean, were, were you being, was there kind of a level of protection of the players as far as like this, you know, this, this public accountability, or is this something that wasn't really, um, it wasn't really, I guess, clicking with, with you and the staff until later in the campaign, like, Oh, this, this is an issue. Um, I, I choose, I very rarely, and you've been around me now for three years, four years, well, longer than that, actually. Um, I very rarely am going to come out in the public and blame anybody but myself. That's just, that's, <laughs> uh, it's a choice. You know, I know the guys see some of the, most of the things that I say in the public, like mm -hmm. they, they hear it, they hear it on Monday, you know? Um, but I am being honest with you guys every time that I come out and I just say, listen, we got this wrong or, our set pieces weren't good enough, but I didn't say, you know, player X, you know, lost his man. Right. I, mm -hmm. I choose not to do that. Yeah. Um, but they're held accountable on the Monday. There's no question about that. Um, so, you know, you ask, you know, towards the end of the season, it was clear for everybody to see right in certain moments. Um, and so, you know, when you heard me saying that the the effort wasn't there, the the, the mentality wasn't right. It's because for me, it wasn't. And mm -hmm. when we were starting games, you know, you think about Tampa at home, right? The goals that they score, we showed <laughs> five to six of them, the games leading up to it, almost identical. So we talked ball into Williams, Cal Jennings and behind. We showed it over and over and over again, right? That goal happens. It's very easy to come out after the game and, and say, listen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. We worked on it all week. But that's I, that's not really who I am, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I'd be surprised if you went back and you were able to find me doing that over the last three years. So my, my point is, um, no, I didn't I didn't really pivot as the season was going on or I didn't try to. But when you guys hear from me, it's the same thing that I tell the players. You're going to know what I'm feeling. You're going to know what I'm thinking uh, for the most part. Um, and I, I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah. Um. I don't want to linger too, too long, I guess on the, on the past season of the transition or the, uh, or the not as kind of like fun stuff, but I, I, I do feel, I guess, obligated to ask, I mean, um, number of departures in the season, that stuff normally happens, uh, you know, a few fan favorites, uh, a few kind of like regular starters. I'm not going to ask you to kind of go through each and every one of them. I just didn't know if you have any kind of high level thoughts on, on the departures reason behind them and anything that you just kind of want to share in, in that spectrum. I would say that um, all of them were for different reasons. Uh, you know, um, each one was taken. You know, you don't you don't 
I don't take those lightly ever. That's, um, you know, that's, that's not something that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and ultimately uh, it's, it's, again, it's about making sure that we're bringing in pieces that we feel give us the best chance to, um, you know, to, to win a, win a championship. I want to transition on to the fun looking forward uh, news. So we've had thus so far, in my opinion, a, a really good off season as far as player signings go. I wanted to maybe get into talk about a few of the new players we have coming in, especially since people listening might not be familiar with, with everyone. Uh, I want to start out with, I think probably the, the, the biggest news signing of the off season. The uh, signing. Yeah. Uh, Odunia is he's he's coming in as the raise the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, that's a it's a big signing for the club. I, can you talk a little bit about you know what goes into to bringing in a, a player like that? I mean, coming off the type of season he had last season, um, you know, what is that signing process like? And, and a little bit of why why we why you targeted him and 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 were able to bring him in. Yeah, so um, Arturo, he, first of all, uh, again, you talk about hunger and mentality, right? Not only can you watch him on video and see it, you know, gets into a tackle, he gets up to celebrate, right? That's somebody that that loves to defend and it's ingrained in him, right? Um, We then interviewed him and for me, it was a no-brainer after that, you know, and um, because for me, the, the interview is the most important piece, right? Not just for me to get to know the player, but for the player to get to know me. Because, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot internally. Ultimately, if, I, if I'm if i trying to convince a, a player to come here, right, without the player understanding expectation or how I choose to manage, then inevitably there could be a problem that becomes really difficult to manage in the middle of the season. But if you set expectation, they understand the type of manager that you are and you understand the type of person that you're, you're going to be working with on a daily basis for 11 months straight. uh, It puts you in the best position to, to, to have success with Arturo. We interviewed him, the qualities that he brings as a player. He's incredible in the air, his ability to step forward defensively, uh, and and do it um, very methodically where he's reading the game uh, but also dropping when he needs to drop uh, was one of the best I saw this year in the league. And obviously we saw everybody, um, you know, uh, his ability on the ball, which didn't get shown a ton, you know, and that's, again, not a shot at all um, uh, to at Pittsburgh or the way they want to play, but that field is more difficult to play on. Right. That's just the reality. Um, But if you go back and you look at his time in college and then you also look at, you know, when he's on the road um, uh, on the road this season in in the USL, his ability on the ball is is very, very good. Uh, And so the biggest thing that I think he's going to bring the back line is a his mentality and B uh, his his demeanor and his competitiveness on a daily basis. Um, We talked to people that played with him uh, there in in pit um and uh nothing but rave reviews to from him as a person as well now one thing that was kind of I, I guess shared with me on this signing is uh one key factor that i guess isn't readily apparent was uh i guess leadership was it was a trait that he he possesses and really stood out to you um i guess can you talk to me about uh, i guess what you were seeing from him kind of within that that realm yeah, again, it goes back to – and you see it more, obviously, when you're playing against them, mm-hmm. uh, the leadership piece with regard to on the field um, because you can hear everything, you know, that's going on. You can hear how he's holding guys accountable, um, you know. And then, again, a lot of – you make a lot of different calls before – it's not just to the player, right? You you, yeah. you talk to a lot of people um, before you, you sign the player. Um, and then when I interviewed with him um, – you know, we talked about leadership and I wanted him to to describe to me, you know, his definition of it. And um, when when you look at when you put all of those pieces together and then on top of that, you look at the competitor that he that he is. I think he's going to come in and, and be a, a big piece of that, especially from a leadership standpoint. He's a player I'm very excited to to work with because of his demeanor. 
So the uh, I guess the next sign that that happened was another Pittsburgh guy for a minute there. It looked like you were kind of raiding the roster. Uh, Tola Shawami. Um, he's one of the guys that he, he I, I don't think he has as much experience um, as some of the other signings that you've made. So can you kind of talk through what you what you were seeing in in him? Yeah. So um, obviously he was playing behind uh, Dequa for the most part this year. Right. Um, so we looked at a lot of different things. You know, I think I've talked to you guys about this in the past, but from a data profile standpoint, um, he was off the charts uh, on a per 90 minute basis on pretty much every metric that we look at uh, on the attacking side and the defensive side of the ball. You then go look at the, at the video. Um, you know, he's, there are certainly areas that he's going to continue to work on when he gets here. Uh, and we spoke about those when we interviewed him. Um, but he's a kid that is going to work hard up front from a defensive standpoint. He's going to give us, uh, again, another um, physical profile that's a little bit different than than Wilson. Uh, <clears throat> higher up the field, uh, his ability to hold up the ball with his size and his strength, uh, very good. Um, and then if you look at some of the goals that he scored this year, uh, I think for for uh, for a player um, that uh, prides himself on his work rate, uh, his feet he he has good feet as well. So um, I think it's gonna you know there are, as I've said there are areas we know we need to work on with him um, in the final third specifically. Um, but you know you guys know me well enough to know now that uh, for me you have to be able to work on both sides of the ball. Every single player on the roster starts up top. Uh, with the way that we want to press. Um, and then obviously we need him to score goals as well. But we feel he has the quality to do that. In the limited minutes that he got this year, he did it. Um, and again, we we were really happy with the the, the interview that we did. Yeah, you, you touched on some of the statistics you guys are looking at. Um, another player we signed this offseason that I thought statistically had a very good season last year and I was very excited <clears throat> to see son uh Adrian Perez out of uh San Diego do you want to speak a little bit uh, I mean he's had a good variety of experience um he's played um you know and has experience in some different systems uh and shapes on the field uh talk a little bit about the the Perez signing yeah so uh special player 1v1 Ability to go inside on his left, the ability to go down the line, serve the ball with his right foot. Um, he has so much quality uh, in the final third. His ability to get up and down uh, and his work rate, his uh, his work ethic, I should say, as well. Um, you know, and everything that we watched was fantastic. Um, if you were to go back and look at uh, – I was watching it live, I remember. Uh, I think it was the Phoenix game – um in the playoffs i think it was they they went 120 is that right do you know i think yeah, i'm they pretty went, sure that went over yeah like the 115th minute and the guy is running he's, he's going as hard as he could similar to the fifth minute you know and um so from a stamina standpoint we were really happy with that um but the quality that he brings us with the ball uh and in the final third uh is something that we're really really excited about he's um He's one I'm 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 in particularly excited about, and I think we could look back and and see that being a a a good bit of business. Um, one one guest follow up on him. Uh, I know he spent some time in the MLS, but it's kind of derailed by by injury or whatnot. I think he's had kind of I guess one or two stints on the on the sideline. Is there any sort of injury concerns there? No, no. We uh, he put together a full season um, for the most part last year, um, and we we went through all that with with him. Um, and again. You know, like all these guys, they'll have to come in and, and make sure that they'll go through a medical and, and all those things. Um, but we feel we feel really good about uh, about where he's at um, physically. And again, I, I mean, for us, a player that we're we're really happy chose to, to come here. Now, um, one of the more more recent signings was uh, was Jake Morris. Um He's not been, I guess, is is visible. You know, if somebody's trying to look around online, um, you know, statistically with the with this time with the um, MLS next, um, but he did have some time with with Loudon itself, and he's 
He was, it looked like he appeared to be more kind of midfield oriented, but I, I believe he's listed as a defender. So can you kind of talk to me about what you, what you liked in him and kind of what your, uh, maybe some of your plans are in terms of his role? Yep. He's going to be a left back and a left wing back. Um, his, his, uh, his quality of service is excellent uh, on his left foot. Um, he's going to bring size and strength uh, and pace to the wide areas. Um, you know, he's, been a winner for the most part when you look at the MLS next pro when they won the championship, when you look at the environment he was in this year, I know he went and played games in, in Loudon, but you know, when I interviewed him, he was still in, he was on his way to training uh, with Columbus uh, the first mm -hmm. team, you know? So um, this is a player that's been in a championship environment uh, and culture um, for a while now, which is important, right? He understands what it takes. He sees what goes into uh, winning a championship on a daily basis. He sees that, right? And that uh, that's key for us. Um, so then when you look at, again, you can add size in there for him from a set piece standpoint. I want to continue to to finish at the top uh, with regard to uh, our ability to attack set pieces and, and obviously defend them as well. Um, so again, he's a, he's a player that um, we feel good about, that we think gives us a, a good option uh, in the wide area. But again, for me, you know, when he was in Loudoun, he played higher up in more of a four-four-two. Um, well, they they changed systems quite a bit, but he uh, he played more. You know, as a left winger, left midfielder. For us, he's a left back or left wing back. He won't be playing as a as a, a winger in a four-three-three. Some recent news we got, which I think the fan base and like me personally, am always very excited to see. Um, Academy player recently signed his first pro contract with the team, uh, Isaac Cano. It, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, what's it like to get to, to tell someone they're getting their first pro contract. And then also um, he's a player. He, I know he was practicing with the first team last season as fans. We've not gotten to see a ton of him yet. So can you talk a little bit, um, you know, about him and, and, and what he brings and um, you know, why, why, why he's getting a, a pro contract. Yeah. Um, fearless kid has grown up a ton over the last two years. Um, you know, every one of these Academy kids has had a little bit of a different pathway. Right. So um, uh, I'll give you an example. So Elijah goes out on loan at the beginning of the season with FC Tucson, but we choose to have Carlos stay. There's reasons for that. Right. Depending on the player, the environment, uh, the environment, what we feel they need, Maybe it's to get away um, and to, um, you know, be put in a new environment and be challenged that way. Or maybe for a player like Carlos, it was we felt it was more beneficial for him to be um, in uh, in with us every day, even though he wasn't playing games, because we felt being around the, um, the group was going to help him uh, understand how to be a pro more. Right. So you go into small details like that um, for Isaac. Uh, I'll tell you guys. You know, this is a player that was fearless. He's a player that, um, you know, as I said, has has grown up. Very good 1v1 uh, player. Still learning tactically uh, what's expected of him. Still learning how to read the game, right? All these things that come with time and experience. Um, you know, he's, he's likely going to go out on loan this season um, so that he can get those games because he spent this last season training with us. Um, and for us, the reason for doing that is, again, you're trying to develop the player. You're trying to now get, okay, you've trained with us uh, 10 months. You've done a great job. You've earned yourself a contract. Now, can we partner or not partner, but can we can we send you to a team that we feel is going to help provide you games, help you understand the, those pressure feelings, you know, the, the different feelings that you get in games that matter. Um, and... You know, so we talked through all of that with him. I'm not announcing that to you without him knowing. Uh, none of that is finalized, but that's the goal. That's that's what we want to do uh, with him this year because he needs games. He doesn't need to do what he did all year last year. Again, now it's a next step in his development and his pathway, um, and it's to evaluate him in another environment where he's playing games uh, and seeing how he does. And it's someone that I believe is is going to have success, or we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have signed him. 
Awesome. I look forward to watching his career develop. I'm a, I'm a big fan of all the Academy kids and, and what we're doing on that front. Um, but we did have one more signing that that you've made, and this one was uh, was interesting in its own right. Sam um, Gleedle. We don't normally see paid transfers coming into the club. If I'm not mistaken, it might be one of the first ones. So um, obviously there's something you really liked about him to, to, to go out and do that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I spoke a little bit about it in the press release, but positional versatility. So um, this will probably help lead into your, the, the questions that you'll have on shape would be my guess. Um, but, but Sam is a player that we feel uh, um, can play right wing back for us in a back three, uh, can play right back uh, in a back four. And obviously he's shown this year in Monterey uh, the ability to play higher up the field. But for us, um, you know, we've had that discussion with Sam before we made obviously the decision. Uh, he's going to come in uh, as a as a right uh, wing back uh, with the ability to, to play right back or higher up the field. Um, we're still looking at a few things uh, with regard, regard to the roster build. But if you go back to Sam's time in Reno, he was an outside back. Um, uh, for Ian, I think it was. Um, and we went back and looked at those games. Uh, we had honest discussions with Sam about what he thought about it. Um, but in, in a back three, I think he's going to be a perfect fit. Excited to hear it. Yeah. We'll dive, uh, we'll dive into the, uh, to the um, roster component shortly. Yep. Um, Zach, did you have any other questions on the, um, on the signings themselves? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Feels like the the roster's in a good spot right now. Uh, I guess should we should we expect to be hearing any more news soon, or do you do you feel like we're sort of at at the place we want to be heading into the season? Uh, there'll be one next week for sure. Um, after that one, uh, likely one more. But let me let me rephrase that. Taking goalkeepers out of it. Um, talking field players, um, there'll be a field player announced next week. Uh, and then after that, likely one, maybe two. Um, but those are the things that we're still evaluating because I am actually really happy with, yeah, after the announcement comes out next week, I'm really happy with where the roster's at at the moment. Um, but as always, we're always evaluating it. Players are coming through our emails every day and phones every day. Um, and if we feel, you know, uh, there's someone there that is the right fit, we'll do it. Um, but we're, we are happy with where we're at at the moment for the shapes that we're looking at playing. In. Us fans love this time of season. All these signings are coming out and we never can get quite enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll really like the one on next week. There we go. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it now. Uh, now we've kind of talked about the the players that you've kind of added into the mix. Obviously, you kind of alluded to this. We definitely want to talk about game plan, realizing you can't go into full nitty-gritty detail. It's been my observation, kind of, I guess, kind of watching you over, over the years and kind of seeing this roster come together. It seems like we are leaning more and more into kind of a back three shape, kind of being more of a more of our, I guess our pro, uh, predominant, I guess, go-to sort of formation. Is that a is that a fair observation? I would say to you this, I I am not as concerned about the shape. I am more concerned about making sure that the principles and what we want to do and how we want to do it um, are understood and that when you guys are watching, it's very clear to you what we're trying to do. The roster is being built um, to be able to play in a, in a back three and a back four with certainly tweaks to – Anything you've seen from me over the last, what is it, three years, four years, three years now. Um, and so, um, but I feel really comfortable about the players that we've brought in, the ability to play the positions that we need them to play. Uh, and I feel really comfortable saying to you that, um, you know, for the first few weeks of preseason, we will be in a back three. For the next few weeks of preseason, we will be in a back four. Um, but we are going to hammer home the principal aspect of it and what we're looking for from our players. Front foot, pounding the ball, repressing constantly, and building with the ball. Verticality, 
rotation, movement off of one another. Those are all things that we're going to continue to hammer home uh, in preseason. And again, when you look at last year, we struggled to score goals out of nowhere, right? The year before we were, uh, it was nonstop. And so I think defensively, because we struggled to score goals, the defensive side of the ball didn't get the credit, you know, that it deserved where we were losing games, right? Set pieces, whatever it might be. But the reality was we weren't creating enough. And so, um, again, 12 shutouts, I think it was on the year, uh, but we didn't create anywhere near enough. So we want to, the, the focus this off season. And if you look at some of the pieces that we've brought in, you know, in Perez, in Gledel, uh, in a player to not be named in Shawumni, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of players that, that we believe can, can put the ball in the back of the net. You mentioned, you know, you're big on, you know, every player on the, the roster needs to feel like they can start any game, I guess, coming in, uh, to this off season, do you feel like, um, you have a, a starting 11 in mind or is that, is that very fluid? Um, and do you expect that to sort of be fluid as the season goes? No, it's, it's, it's fluid. I mean, when these guys come in, right, it's going to be up to them from day one to prove that they're in a position, they, they are putting themselves in a position to start. What I can tell you is, well, not every player is going to agree with me or with my decisions. They know my why. I talk to them all the time about it. When they're not in the 18, they know why. You know, when they're not starting, they know why. Some players don't want to know, so they don't want to come talk to me about it because there are plenty of players like that, you know. But ultimately, um, we feel really good about where we're at. We feel we have uh, the pieces up to this point um, that we need bar, as I said, one to two, um, that we are still likely to, to add that, that have not been done. Um, not including the one that'll be announced next week, but to answer that question again, uh, there's not a, this is, these are my 11. I feel really good. They're going to start the majority of the games. No. Now, um, I had a fan question kind of related to this as well. And I, and I had written it down. Um, I want to ask specifically about um, Paulo De Piccolo. Saw limited minutes last season. Um, he's coming back uh, for for another season. I know. Um, I know he's a valuable, I guess, kind of locker room asset. So, can you can you maybe elaborate on on what his role might be looking in this upcoming season? Yeah, um, you know, first and foremost, the leadership aspect that he brings to the locker room, both on and and uh, off the field, is invaluable um you know when he he's a perfect example of a guy that certainly felt he should be in the 18 and be in the 11 you know week in and week out he's a competitor but he's also the guy that shows what it means when you're not and how to handle when you're not and that is really valuable especially for young guys right um but for everybody Really, because ultimately nobody's above the group, not one player, not one staff member. Nobody's above one another. It's about making sure that we're all set out for the common goal. And we all understand what it takes to get there because we've been there. Right. Um, And when you look at him and how he handles his business on a daily basis, um, the definition of a a pro definition of a leader. uh, And I felt it was really important with the other players that we were letting go of, um, that we we maintained having that piece of it, you know. And he'll be the first to tell you he's gonna start thirty four games next year, and I'll be the first to tell you, okay, go go prove it, you know. I'm looking forward to seeing that seeing him on the team sheet week in and week out. <laughs> <laughs> we we got another kind of related fan question are there any players working on their coaching licenses yeah um paulo uh niall i may be mixing this year and last year up but i know paulo and niall this year for sure oscar was or is obviously he's no longer here and i think i think sharpie but he may have it might have been he he was doing it last year and he's he's not doing it this year i, I can't remember i love seeing guys uh stay and get the opportunity to stay in the game or 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 work towards that end at least. Oh, it's fantastic. 
for them. It's fantastic. Now, um, last kind of um, um, topic that we wanted to get into was the uh, was the the schedule itself. Um, I guess kind of um, first being, it looks like uh, we'll be having another um, preseason uh, match open to the public. Um, is that? I believe I heard that correctly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I I I can't remember how many of them. I think there'll be more than one that'll be open to the public. Oh, hey, there we go. Nice. Excited about that one. Um, far as the preseason goes, um, what does the schedule like look like for that? Like, when do the players actually kind of like report in and um, and you start like really just directly working with them all the time, uh, going to these other preseason matches? I'm sure you guys will go on a on a bit of a road trip. I think a a few of them had leaked by via other announcements. Yeah. So, um. The players, some of them, some of them are trickling in already. Uh, our medicals are going to start on the twenty second. Um, we'll begin training uh, on the twenty fourth. Uh, we will be um, in market from the. I, I I don't know what's been announced and what has. I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> I get so many emails. I know there's a. Uh, uh, we'll be we'll be in market for the majority of preseason, except for. Uh, the one trip that we're taking and then mm-hmm. the few games that you've already heard have been that I think already got announced by the the other clubs. But other than that, unlike previous preseasons that I've done, we won't be leaving after that. So we'll get back from our trip on the 12th of February and then we're in market the rest of the time. Real quick follow up on that one. So I guess you you kind of feel more comfortable with the teams away performances because if i'm if i'm not mistaken a lot of last preseason was on the road because of what you had saw the the season prior to that correct yeah but i learned from that i i i, I didn't want to do that again you know it was a for a couple of reasons from a, mm-hmm. a transparency standpoint number one um when you're traveling that's less time on the field right because it's not only the travel but then their bodies have to recover from the travel and we played so many games that the amount of training that we wanted, uh, I wasn't happy, or sorry, that we needed, I wasn't happy with. And so um, we made adjustments this preseason, and I'm really happy with how the schedule played out, for sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy with um, the overall uh, plan for the six and a half weeks. Looking forward to the, the regular season uh, schedule. That, that's been announced. Um, are there any matches or stretches of matches that that jump out to you looking at the schedule that that you've circled either you know um a tough stretch or that you know is a focus yeah i <laughs> yeah i i think what i've tried to do going into this year okay that has maybe been different in the previous couple of years is really coming to the realization that like I can't control it anymore. Like there's, there's no, it's now set. We are where we are. And now it's about trying to hit it head on. Um, I am, ha- I'm relatively happy with the start of the, of the season. Um, there is a, certainly a chunk in the middle of the season. Um, don't quote me on this. Cause I haven't looked at the schedule uh, in a little bit, but I think there's a, a stretch where we're six out of nine or seven out of nine, uh, on the road. Um, but again, ultimately I can't control it, you know, and, um, we started the year last year really, really well when we were on the road. And so I was thinking at that point, you know, what we've done in preseason, uh, as you alluded to Benton, um, you know, it, it's put us in a good spot to prepare for those type of trips. Um, but you start to you start to feel it, right? The players start to feel it, and and making sure that we're doing a good job of managing bodies this year. That was the other big emphasis, um, you know, when building the roster is last year when you when you look at losing Scarlet when we did, and then you lose Winder, which obviously we knew, you know, that was going to happen. Um, you know, those are those are big misses, you know, uh, and um, trying to make sure that we're doing a good job of of uh, putting the players physically in a position to be prepared for the grind that comes, which is a lot of travel, uh, obviously going back to the West as well. Um, but I feel we, as again, through evaluation, through reflection, through going through the numbers, 
um, the physical load for the players, we feel really good about where we're at at the moment. Now, I guess comparing this to, to last season, you find it more favorable setup, less favorable, about the same. What is that? The setup of the, of the league? Of the, ske of schedule? the schedule. Yeah. In terms yeah, of, I guess, I, how I, the matches fell. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, I, I don't see it as any really any different than, than what we had already. Obviously some teams um, are now out, but the shifting of the conferences and um, I think it's, it's pretty similar, you know? Excellent. Um, coach, you've been very generous with your time. So we'll, um, we'll wrap things up. I have, uh, I have, I guess I, I have one more, uh, one more question for you, but Zach, is there anything else that you wanted to to hit on? No, I, I wanted to give coach Cruz a chance to, if there's anything else you want to, to mention going out. Yeah, that's that, exactly what so I was going to do for coming on. No, of course I, I would just say, listen, um, you know, the support as always has been incredible. Um, you know, and we, we feel really, really good about where we're at. Um, we feel really good about the pieces that we've brought in. Um, and, and now it's, it's the, now's the most fun time where you, you start to see the team when they get in, you get to watch them come together. Right. And, and that's a big piece of it. And, um, you know, I'm guys, I'm always here. So if you ever need anything from me, uh, reach out, um, and I'm happy to, to speak freely and openly and, um, but just know, uh, we are extremely excited about the season starting. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing everybody here soon. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm counting down the days. So again, uh, coach, thank you so much for, for taking this time and, and chatting with us and helping us, uh, uh, take a peek behind the curtain, see what's going on and help understand how, how things are coming together. So, um, you know, that, that's about it for this episode. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, make sure you stay tuned and uh, we'll have some more fun interviews like this come up here in the near future. Take care, everybody. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.